This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Well, well, we're so happy that you chose to join us today and take your time to get some business tips and great inside wisdom. Hey, you know, I wrote a book, Building Your Brand, Make Business Happen in a Global Economy. And because I believe so much in helping you figure out how to build your brand, strengthen your brand, and find the partners that can help you do it, I was just overjoyed to bring you this next guest who's going to tell us about her company that she's the co-founder of and what you need to know about finding an agency. So Emily Bibb, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat all things agency, brand building, marketing, all that good stuff. Well, let's do this. Tell everybody about your company, which is brief. Give them a little bit of the elevator pitch on what they need to know. Yes, so brief, consider us the easiest way to find an agency. We are the first online agency platform that connects brands with over 7,000 vetted boutique agencies globally and everything in between. So managing agency payments, contracts, pitches, all that good stuff. 7,000 agencies? Emily, I just, my head spins when I think about 7,000. That's why technology exists to help us do these things. So I want to go into more detail about why Brief and again, more of what all these different agencies do. But if you listen to this program, we always want to hear a little bit about your your backstory. You know, what was that aha moment when the light bulb went on and, and said, um, there's a there's a good business to be had here because it solves this needed problem. So how did you get to this point? Yeah. So I've I've kind of always been a marketer. My dad was a marketer. I think it's just how I think and approach the world in that, in that sense. And so um, started my career out kind of OG social media manager back in the day, <laughs> being like, Facebook is going to be cool. I promise it's going <laughs> to, it's going to be very powerful. Um, and just worked my way up. So kind of started playing around in the paid social space, um, e-commerce, affiliate marketing, influencer, all of that good stuff. It wasn't until I left the tech world in San Francisco, moved to New York City, and joined an agency where I started to have the aha moment. Um, I was I was really struggling at this agency because we were turning down the coolest brands because they couldn't afford Ooh. us. We were over-promising and under-delivering. We were great at PR, but had no idea what influencer was and all that good stuff. Um, and so that was my first kind of like, whoa, this, this industry is a little bit backwards um, than what I what I thought. Fast forward a couple of years, 
I then was doing marketing in house for Swell Bottle. And um, while I had a, a pretty decent sized team, I was constantly outsourcing. I was constantly like, okay, I need an agency to help me with my um, paid advertising. I need an agency to help me with my TikTok strategy. Felt like a full-time job. So kind of the, the combination of, okay, the agency model needs some improvement mixed with to build a modern marketing program, you need to rely on external partners. Okay, let's bring it all together. Let's build a platform. Um, and so that was kind of the, the thesis behind it. And fast forward three years later, here we are. Well, and I think what you said is so true. As somebody that's been in business for a very long time and, and worked with brands, both as you know, a head of a company, as well as um, somebody that was more of an agency, not all agencies are good at every aspect of what you just described. And I think that's the beauty of, of knowing that you have so many, so many different types of options. So give us an example of some of the, the customers and, and clients. My understanding is right now, um, people are using your platform from like 20 plus countries in the world. So, which is of course, what we love here at Disruptive CEO Nation is, is knowing that your right solution can be anywhere right now. It doesn't have to be limited by geography. So give us an example of the types of things you see going through the platform right now. Yeah. So our focus is really on all things digital and creative, any kind of growth initiative within your business marketing initiative. Um, that's our focus. And because the way that marketing is today, very specialized, you know, you need to have an expert for paid search an expert for influencer marketing. That's where these boutique agencies come into play. The coolest part about this whole thing is, you know, five years ago, everyone wanted their agency partner that they'd meet in the boardroom mm -hmm. once a week, connect all that. I think COVID and the concept of remote work has really opened it up to, I don't need my partner to be down the street and in the same room. I, they could be across the world. They just need to be the best of the best. And so you have brands like Spotify coming to us and they're saying, Hey, I don't really care where my agency partner is. I just want the best of the best video team. And I want them to be really innovative. And that's really where this connection's coming. And I think the shift in not only partnerships, but the shift in org charts and they're dispersed and they're bi-coastal and they're global. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah. I want to talk about the, the, the be your co-founder relationship. I'm, I'm always curious how people make sure that they have a successful co-founder relationship and, and how they divide those kind of responsibilities and, or their, their skills and talents. Yours is an interesting one. Yours is one I hadn't quite had before in that mm -hmm. you started this um, company with your spouse, but before you were spouses. So give our listeners a little background about what that leadership team looks like for you and your co-founder. Yes. So I am, I am like the biggest advocate for having a co-founder because I have run a business prior to be brief without one. And, um, it obviously didn't work out, but uh -huh. there is so much to consider. And I think dividing and conquering a is, is very powerful. And then B having that trust in who you are going to kind of buddy up with on this journey. In my case, it was, um, my husband, 
boyfriend at the time, George, and um, we both a just had an entrepreneurial spirit. Kind of, we're always talking about changing, building things, making life better. Um, but came about it where I again had lived in our user shoes. I was on the agency side. I was a marketer, and he had previously built a fintech marketplace called Credible. Mm-hmm. And so he likes and was drawn to the concept of taking broken things like student loans or the agency model online. And so his operational experience kind of met with my brand building experience really made for a perfect match. Um, And it's crazy because people say, how do you work with your husband all the time? And I go, we're actually literally doing two separate sides of the the business. He's like other side of the building. Um, So we we come together on certain things, but it's good. I I stay in my lane. He, he, He does too. I think that's the trick staying, staying in your lane. But collaborate um, when, you know, times get tough and um, it, it's really great. I feel really fortunate. So let's talk about trends. When you look across all of these things that you, that your platform can help brands and businesses find from, as you said, social media experts, TikTok experts, uh, digital marketing and commerce, SEO, like all of these things. Um and we talk to startups and company founders, which you know this world very well. Where would you suggest businesses maybe lean? And I know that's a very wide question because it all depends on who their niche market is. But any trends or things you should tell people to keep an eye on? Yeah. So every business is obviously different. Everyone has different budgets, roadmaps, all of that. First and foremost, I always say lean on an external partner agencies to help fill gaps within your internal team. So let's say you have a really great paid social expert in-house. You might want to lean on an external partner to help with all that content. Um, That being said, in terms of kind of trends, especially when it comes to outsourcing and working with agency partners, um, digital marketing is a big one. A lot of brands don't want to maybe make the investment to bring someone in full time to mm-hmm. run that program. They kind of want to test, see, is Facebook right for me? Is TikTok the best way to go? So digital marketing is great. Um, content creation is a big one. Um, marketing doesn't sleep, so does content. So kind of having a partner to help with everything from website landing pages down to um, display paid social ads, you name it. And then I always think, and this is kind of a big one and what gets me most excited is the experiential channels. So um, audio, you know, brands are really interested in podcasts and and advertising there and getting into that space. Um, TikTok, again, is a big one. Um, Text messaging. There are agencies who, who totally specialize just on SMS strategies. So it's kind of those things where Hey, I'll work with this individual for six months, see how it goes, no harm, no foul, but it's a good way to kind of test the waters before maybe making the larger investment. I think that's a, a great advice about the testing the waters, or or we talk a lot about doing, you know, A B split testing. Yeah. And you can work with these companies that can do it on a more nimble basis if that's if that's their their wheelhouse and their expertise. I also, just to add to that, I also think the beauty of having these partners is they like live and breathe these channels. So they, they could tell you everything about paid search, what competitors in the space are doing, 
what other brands in the same industries are doing and no, you know, spend budgets, tips, tricks. They usually have um, relationships with these platforms. So I think, I think there's a lot of other perks in addition to the flexibility, um, which is why kind of this agency model, I think is, is becoming so successful in, in building teams. So what's my obligation or my risk in coming and using your platform as a business? So there, there's no obligation and there's, there's no risk. Um, we like to say that we're just here to help you find an agency partner <laughs> a lot more, a lot faster than it would, you know, if you were doing it on your own, which on average is usually 4.5 months, which is insane. We can help you find an agency in less than seven days. And we're really here to just bring you the best options. Um, we're not here to help you decide on the best, you know, agency. We want to bring forth the best options who have been vetted for, for you, your brand, your budget, you name it, and then give you the resources and the tools and the support to make that decision and kickstart that project. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, Emily, we're going to switch and we, we want to get to know you a little bit better as a person. And I know when we're speaking to you, you are sitting in the lovely mountains of Aspen, um, but if I have it right, you split your time between Aspen and New York. Is that correct? Yes. So kind of New Yorker at heart, um, Aspen just kind of just came out of the pandemic. Um, you know, I thought I was coming for a week ended up staying for now. It's almost been three years. Um, and really have found that balance and feel super fortunate to be able to really get down to, to, to business and really focus and have no distractions in the mountains and then kind of go back to New York. Um, we have a hybrid remote team. So we do have our HQ in New York and I get to see the team there. But then I would say the rest of the brief team is all over. Even in Australia, we just made our first Canadian hire. So we're, we're trying to take a, a global approach as well. So Emily, we always talk about performance endurance because being a founder is not for the weak. It's for people that that have that you said earlier that that spirit. And I know that um, you're a, a, an NCAA athlete. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you learned that you would say from from the discipline of being? Um, you were a swimmer, correct? Yes, um, I was a swimmer. To being a professionally trained athlete that you took into. Uh, your drive as a business leader, any, any training skills, things that you think have really helped you? I think for, I mean, the first thing that came to mind is good things take time. Like you don't have success stories overnight. It's, it's impossible no matter what you see on Instagram or the press um, to, to get to, I, to, to get to where I got to as an athlete took years in the making eight hours a day practice. And I think it's the same, same concept of building a business. You have to start from the ground up. You have to train, you have to learn, you have to get knocked down. You have wins, you have losses. Um, and that that's probably the biggest, the biggest lesson I, I took out of it. Um, and then also just relying on your team and your network. Um, again, success stories don't happen overnight. You, you need that support around you. And I think the same exact thing applies to building a business, building a team, a culture. Any hard lessons? Any, I always like naked truths. Any, any like things you'd like, oh, I, I would have done that differently if I got to go back and do that again from either, either brief or from prior business experiences. I mean, I think hard lessons, 
God, this is a good question. Um, I think it's follow your gut. I think there's times when you're building a business, when you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just going to, uh, do this partnership or make this hire. And it, it seems pretty good, but I don't have a good feeling about it. And you're going back and forth and on paper, it looks good. Um, but there's nothing beats the deep down gut feeling of kind of, you, you need to trust your instincts and only you know what's right for yourself in your business, no one else, because we're all playing our own game. I think there's wisdom in that because, right, if you're trusting your gut and it doesn't go the way you thought, you can be like, okay, well, now we're going to regroup and 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 redo it. But if you give into your gut and listen to those other people, all the voices in your ears, and then it doesn't go right, there's regret there that it's really hard to recover from. It's hard, but at least you got a good lesson out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I know we- I always look back and everything I've done kind of connects to where I am at today. And so I'm, I am, I am thankful for the times I didn't follow my gut because it gave me that pulse check of like, okay, let's get back. Let's get back to just like playing your own, like I said, playing your own game, um, taking, doing it on your own time and, um, and really knowing what's right for you in the business. Well, talking about trusting your gut, uh, you and George founded the business and my impression is you bootstrapped it for a couple of years, but then you did decide to um, seek and get to be venture back. Tell us a little bit about, um, was it always a dream and a vision to get that external infusion of cash and, and, but just tell us about the decision-making process behind that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think our, George and I kind of have the approach is, we always just want to build a good business. So if you're building a great business and you can bootstrap it from start to, I don't know, you deem the finish, that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, And we bootstrapped it for as long as we possibly could. The decision to take on um, venture capital was really, you know, thought of long and hard. And hey, if if we're going to become the biggest agency brand in the world, if we're going to build the product that we want to build, we, we want the funds, we want the support. Um, and it felt like the right time to, to do so. So again, I think it's, we never had that roadmap of like, let's do this X, Y, Z. It was really, Hey, we want to take it to the next level. This is the best way for us to take, to, to take that, that next jump. Now, I appreciate you sharing that. And it is, it's a, it's, it's a really, I think some founders I speak to, it's like, nope, this is on the roadmap. This is what I want to do. And others are like you, like, I'm going to build it as long as I can and get a base that I'm directing and influencing and then um, go to the outside places. What brings you the most joy when you look at what you've achieved over the last couple of years? Um, I, I love seeing the, the community that we've built. Um, hearing, hearing the stories of a small agency kind of landing the the deal with the big brand that they would have never, ever, ever had access to without brief just gets me up in the morning. Um, because that's what it's all about. I think I'm really passionate about small businesses and supporting small businesses and to have built something that is doing that. Uh Hey, Hey, that agency, like their, their lives will never be the same because they now have that logo on their site is is so cool or hearing the stories of agencies staffing up because of the work they've won on brief. Um, that's pretty powerful. And, um, 
continuing to build for more of those moments and um, make the experience even better is, is what, what inspires me. Emily, I just, I really, like I said at the beginning, I am all about helping businesses find ways and, and tools. And, and I'm going to use the word shortcuts in, in building their brand presence, because we often say he who has the best marketing wins. We, yeah. we so often see things that aren't necessarily the best products or the cleverest um, approach to how to get the business done, but they've got the right strategies and the right, the right partners to help execute those strategies. And, and I just really appreciate what brief is, is doing in terms of, like you said, you know, narrowing down what it takes to find those kind of partners that are going to help you make a difference in the world and rock, whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's social good, whether it's, you know, B2B, B2C, we all need, we all need business help. Um, yeah. Hey, Emily, is there anything else that you would want to share uh, with our with our listeners? Um, anything that you're reading, any books you're following, any podcasts you're listening to, anything that helps you um, boost your own energy? Oh, man. Um, I mean, probably one of my favorite business books, if I get to share it, um, we actually have a book club at Brief for our internal internal team is Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans. I don't know if you're familiar with, with that, but he, I haven't read it, but I, I write them down because I work my way through them. Yeah. And, um, he, um, again, is a podcast host has interviewed thousands of founders and entrepreneurs and put all the interviews, compiled them into a book. And it's extremely powerful, um, to see again, everyone has a different path. Um, but there's a lot of consistencies in, in, um, the journeys that they've all taken. And, um, that's kind of my, like, I love a, just a quick read, open it up, land on someone's story. Okay. Close it. Got, got my lesson for the day. Um, but that would be a book I would, I would put forward, um, to anyone interested in, in this space. Well, thank you, Emily. Hey, Emily, if people want to learn more, get connected to you, where should they go and what should they do? Yeah. So they can visit brief.com. That's B R E E F dot com. Um, and we'll, we'll take care of you from there. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, if Emily shared something that you appreciated or liked, go ahead and, and, and comment in a review of this episode, or just reach out to her direct. If there's somebody that you think could use brief in their life and in their business, uh, also pass the information along as always. We just so appreciate that you've uh, taken time to listen to us and we ask that you keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Emily, I'm very envious that when we hang up, you're going to look out your window at all of those lovely Colorado mountains. Um, and I've just got my, well, I've got a lot of greenery here in Chicago right now. Yeah, I was going to say your view so. doesn't look too bad. So, yeah. um, but thank you, Allison, for having me on your show and um, helping me share my story. And um, yeah, we're always, we're always here to help. So feel free to reach out. Okay. Thanks again, everybody. Have a wonderful day. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.